Bibles to uh, Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, before I read our scriptures. Um, how many of you all like people to pray for you? Yeah, everybody, every hand should go up. I love it when people pray for me. And when I have a really, a really important prayer request, I know I call certain people that I know their prayers get answered. Now, if I have a request and I ask everybody to pray, I, I appreciate that. But there's some people, I just know their prayers get answered. So I want them to pray for me. You ever have somebody like that? You know, they, you just know they did that. And, and the great thing is that in the Bible, we find out that people who prayed and get their, answer, their prayers answers actually prayed for us. You realize that, that the Lord Jesus Christ prayed for us? John chapter 17. He prays for us. Those, it's, it's those who are one by his uh, apostles, and, and that's us who are serving and following him. And we're getting ready to read a, a passage here where the apostle Paul is praying for us. Let's start reading in verse 9. It says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that you might be fulfilled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. You see, in this passage, Paul is praying for those who are at the church of Colossae. And in truth, it's also a prayer for us. And you notice what he's praying for? He's not praying that we are healthy or wealthy or for an easy life. No, Paul does pray that we will be filled with spiritual knowledge with wisdom, and, and that we'll be strengthened and learn patience and grace and joy. Here's what it is. He's, going to, he's praying that we will walk worthy of the Lord. I don't know, looking at some of those things, I'm not sure I want that prayer answered so much, you know? Ephesians 4.1 says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you have been called. 1 Thessalonians 4.1 Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. Philippians 1.27 says this, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Paul, in this passage, and these other verses that support that, are praying that we will walk as followers of Christ. And he, and he touches some things that, uh, um, that are signs of that. And, and those were some of the things I weren't real comfortable with. You know, this patience thing. And you know when you pray for patience, you have difficulties? I, I got enough difficulties. I don't want to get more difficulties. It, 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 Long-suffering, that's another word for patience. That's, that's when you got those kids that you just... 
want to shake, and you don't shake them because you're long-suffering. I'm glad God's long-suffering toward, toward us. If, if he was like, if I was, well, if he was like me, he'd probably grab me and shake me a bit, but uh, long-suffering, patience, um, wow, there's a lot of different things it means to walk with God. Now, I shouldn't assume. Sometimes we, we preachers assume that you know things. So let me not assume. Let me explain what walking with God means. Walking with God, it's your whole life. Or it, it, and Philippians said it's let your conversation. That's your whole lifestyle. What we do, who we are, how we conduct ourselves is our walk with the Lord. It's what our lives should look like. And this morning, I want to talk to you that that same prayer that Paul is pray, praying, he, he's praying that our lives will be lived to the fullest in a manner worthy of our position in Christ. That's what he's praying. That we lives will, will, will really take on the characteristics of Christ's life and glorify God because we have a great position. Now, several years ago, there was a movie called Trading Places, and um, that was back before I was real godly, and it's not the most godly movie. There's a lot of stuff in it. Probably not there. But if you got watch the edited version, it is pretty funny. But here's the story. There's two old guys that are rich and extremely rich, and they like to bet each other crazy bets and that they can do things to people. So what they decided is they were going to take this guy off the streets that's it's, he's kind of criminal, and, and uh, uh, he's a mess. And they're going to uh, trade him. They're going to bring him and put him in a position uh, of another stockbroker-type guy, and they're going to destroy the stockbroker and just see what happens. They were going to get entertained by this. Well, an interesting thing did happen. The guy that they took off the street that never had anything, he, at first he just went crazy when he had all this money and all this great place to live, and then all of a sudden he started looking around, and he saw these people who were trying to, to take from him and do things from him, and he started living like someone who was very, very privileged, and he didn't like, let all his old buddies from, the, from um, the neighborhood take advantage of him anymore. He started living up to his position. That's kind of the picture of what we want to see this morning. We need to live up to the position. We need to walk with God because of the position we live in, he has given us. So let me kind of get through these things this morning. Here's the first thing you need to think about. Do you realize that we have been delivered from the power of darkness? It says Colossians 1.13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his Son. The word means to draw to oneself or to rescue. So here's the picture. Jesus has rescued us from the darkness that prevails in this world. And, and darkness is the absence of light. And we've been given the light of the world. We have been taken out of the darkness. We've been put into the light. That should excite us. We don't have to live in that darkness anymore. Like I said, I used to watch some of the movies that weren't very God-honoring. I try not to do that anymore. In fact, they just don't appeal to me. We have been delivered from the power of darkness. And you all know this is a dark world. There's awful stuff going on. Just watch the news. 
there's terrible things going on all around. Don't watch too much of the news. Forget the political side of it. Go to what the real news is when the, the, the disasters, the, the way people treat people, the things that are going on. It's a dark, dark world. And we've been delivered from that darkness and put into light. Not only that, we've been translated into the kingdom of Christ. Same verse, verse 13. Not only did he deliver us from the dark power of darkness, he hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. We have been transferred or removed from one place and step in another. We have been removed from this earthly realm and we are now positioned heavenly. Our home's heaven. That's why the Bible calls us that we're a peculiar people or we are pilgrims in this world. It's because this isn't our home. As much as I love it. As much as I love parts of... Parts of Florida. I'm a, I'm a native Floridian, and I talk about that a lot. But my family had a lake house over in Lake Placid for years and years. And some people we know still own that house, and we'll go over there at times. And, and it was the, to me, it was the happiest place on earth. I love that place. But as much as I would like to, could, could probably live there for the rest of my life and fish, and I probably can't ski anymore. I'm kind of out of shape for that. But I could fish. That doesn't take a whole lot of energy. Much as I love that place, I can imagine what it's going to be like in heaven. It's going to be so much better. That's where I live. And I can't, that's where we live. We are translated into the kingdom of Christ, and we are joint heirs with him. We get to rule and reign with him. And not only that, our redemption has been bought for us through his blood. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. That, that word redemption, it's a releasing affected by payment of ransom. We've been freed. He's paid the ransom for us. So often everybody, when I hear people talk about redemption, they do the old thing about stamps where you go to the redemption center. Remember, do you, they don't give stamps anymore, but I remember when I was a kid, if you went to Quick Check, that was turned into Winn-Dixie later, but in South Florida that was Quick Check. You went to Quick Check, you got yellow stamps, and if you went to Publix, you got green stamps. And my mom would go to both, and then she'd get all these things, and then she'd you know, have a book pile of things like this and take it to the redemption store and get a blender. She's like you had to buy a lot of food to get something to be worthwhile. But you were redeemed. But the real truth about redemption when it comes in the theological area is that, man, we were in bondage, we were in prison, and the ransom has been paid, and we are free. We are free. So because of these things, because of the, the power that we've been released from the power of darkness and put into light, because we are, are now part of the kingdom of Christ, and because we are redeemed, we have been freed from our sin through the, uh, uh, through the blood of Christ, because of our position, we need to walk worthy of the Lord. We need to follow Him and live in a way that honors and glorifies Him. So here's, here's how we do that. Here's how we do that. Number one, we'll do that by, by bearing fruit in every good work. Colossians 1.10 says this, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. 
being fruitful in every good work. Now, some people, when they hear that thing, fruitful, first thing they think of is we got to go out and just win people to Christ and win people to Christ and win people to Christ. And that's partially right. That is part of it. But there's another type of fruit that we need to be bearing that will actually help us win people to Christ. Galatians 5, 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. We need to be bearing the fruit of the Spirit. We need to be bearing love. We need to love one another. We need to love others. And I know that there's some people who are hard to love. They're just, just difficult. But we need to love them. That's fruit of the Spirit. That's, that's when, when the Holy Spirit takes over and we're able to love the, the unlovely. And, and joy. What? Why is it that we seem to have so little joy today? I'm not talking about being happy, happy, and smiling, and, and, and you know, something fake. But joy. A joy that transcends the difficulties that we, we have. A joy that, 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 that transcends the walk of this world. Because, listen, when you figure out we're not, this isn't our home. We have something better waiting for us. We've been forgiven. We're out of the dark. We're into the light. We have a lot of reason to be joyful. And the fact that it can't be taken away from us. We don't have to be sour. We can have joy. And with that love and that joy will come peace. Do we ever need peace? I hear people all the time, man, I just, I'm just so wound up. I'm just so distraught. I'm just so anxious. I'm just so, I'm just so worried and wound up. Why? Why? This isn't our home. We're, in, we're not in this darkness and dealing with the darkness. We're in the light. We've been forgiven. We don't have to worry about it. God's got it. I got a sign somebody gave me one time because I think they think they <laughs> I was a little too anxious. They bought me the sign that says, I got it. Sign God. Well, isn't that the truth? We say we believe that, but yet we, we get all anxious like we're going to fix everything. I can't fix it. You can't fix it. He's in control. He's got it covered. It's not surprising him. So why do we have to be all anxious? We can have peace. Long-suffering. There it is. Watching that kid. Helping them get along and move forward. Being patient with them as God works in their lives. I think I told the story Wednesday night of a, uh, a guy that I worked, uh, ran the bus ministry up in Jacksonville. He was my division guy. His name is Jim Miller. And Jim was so patient with me and teaching me because I had all these sales ideas and all this stuff and I was going to do this. And he was so patient and just loving and long-suffering and, and helped me grow so much. That's how we need to be, long-suffering, gentle, Sometimes I have a hard time with that. I like to be direct, 
and contentious, and I like to, unfortunately, I like to fight a bit. That's not part of the fruit of the Spirit. So I am a little bit glad that Mayweather won. Old guys can still handle them themselves. That was kind of nice to see. But I didn't like either one of the guys personally. But just it's nice to see an old guy beat up a young guy. Uh, shaking your head, you didn't know what was going on. There was an old guy, 40-something, beating up on a 20-something guy, and he won. I liked it. <laughs> so much for gentleness, right? You know? Goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, which is self-control. There's no law. This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is the fruit that we have to work to bear. When we bear these type of fruit, when, when, when this, this fruit is, is, is coming and bubbling out of our life and we are living it, boy, it sure helps us do good works. James 1.22, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. You see, a lot of times we come and we take in knowledge and we take in stuff and we take in stuff and then we don't take that stuff that we've taken in and turn it into outward actions. You know, you can learn everything you can about the Bible, but if you don't apply it or you don't do it, it does you no good. So we are to take this and do the works by bearing the fruit in every good work. John chapter 15 talks about how we have to abide in the vine. And that vine's Jesus Christ. How we are to, to live with him. Uh, I'm the true vine and my father is the husband. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit is taken away and every branch that beareth fruit he purgeth it that it may bring forth much fruit. Oh, oh. That doesn't sound too, too good, does it? But let me tell you, as you're going through that trial right now, as you're going through those difficulties, think about it as, as God the Father is pruning you. He, he, he's, he's cutting things back so that you can bear more fruit. More of that fruit of the Spirit. More of that fruit of winning other people. Up in uh, Lake Mary, we had a whole bunch of crepe myrtles. Y'all know what those are? During the winter, they just die off, and you've got to cut them all back, way back. Then the spring comes, man, they start shooting up, and things grow like crazy. They're beautiful trees during the summer, spring and summer. Winter is ugly, and you cut them back, and they're just like a stick. Um, what's that thing we got in our backyard, a frangipangy? Okay, I understand. You just take one of those and stick it in, and it'll grow up. Um, orange groves, they trim the trees. You ever, now they, they got big machines that do it. They trim things back so that it'll grow more. God does some trimming on us so that we can bear more fruit. So just be thankful. If God is allowing some trials in your life, He's just trimming you up a little bit so you can bear more fruit. So, how do we walk worthy of God? Ah, by bearing fruit in every good work. Not only that, though, we need to increase our knowledge of God. Verse 10 of Colossians 1, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. There's a lot of places in, in, the, in the knowing God that we need to increase. First one, would be an increase in spiritual knowledge. 
2 Peter 3.18 says this, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. We need to learn more about the spirituality, more about Christ, more about that grace. That's why one of the reasons we're here. That's why I'm preaching this word, so that you can grow in that grace and you can increase your spiritual understanding. It's also why we've swapped around some um, our service times, and so when they're going to start in October, this service will actually start at 9 o'clock, and in between the 9 o'clock service, starting at 10.15, we're going to have Sunday school time. Not only was Dennis going to have his class, and, and Carol's going to have her class for the ladies, I'm going to start a class for uh, and teach on parenting. Uh, there's going to be a youth class. There'll be some more children's classes. Why? Because we need to increase our spiritual knowledge. And when we, we weren't doing that well, so if we're not doing it well, we shift to do something better, and I think this will be a big help to us. And yes, it is Sunday school. We don't have to change the name. I know you all enjoy that. All the, you, 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 let me give you a little insight. All the writers and stuff say, well, you shouldn't call it Sunday school because that's, the younger people have a bad connotation of that and uh, on and on and on. I don't know that that, I, I, don't, I think they're a little bit off base there. Um, it's Sunday school. You know, you try a connection group. And, and we're going to still continue doing life groups. Life groups will, will be done on Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, any night. If you want to have a, a, a life group or a Bible study, that's another way to increase our spiritual knowledge. Not only do we need to increase our spiritual knowledge, but we need to increase the love of the Word of God. And I preached on that all last week with Psalm 119. The more we love God's Word, the more we learn God's Word. By the way, that's where we get the spiritual knowledge from. The more we are going to bear fruit the better our walk with the Lord will be. Not only do we need to increase our love of the Word of God, we need to increase in our understanding of who God is or, or what He does. Matthew eleven twenty nine, I love this verse. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Isaiah 58, 2 says, Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. Isaiah also says, his ways are not our ways. So as we increase our knowledge of God, we increase our knowledge of, of Jesus Christ and the, the way he does things and the wise he does things. And as we increase our, our, our knowledge of who God is and what he does, and wow. We're going to have a better walk with him. We're going to have a better life as we walk with him. Also, we need to increase our obedience to God's commands. Kind of a, a thing here. As we get more knowledge of who he is, as we get more spiritual knowledge, as we learn his word and we love his word, and we understand God's plan for this world, if we're not obedient to it, it just doesn't do us any good, does it? It just doesn't do us any good. Next time you get pulled over, 
say, well, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Or I knew I should have stayed within the, the, the uh, speed limit, but I didn't, so the consequences come. I was talking to Elijah. I got a ticket in Haines City. It's one of those ones that off the stoplight that hit you. These are really fast stoplights. I was behind a semi-truck, and I couldn't see the light, but I went through, uh, and as I went through, I realized it turned red about at the end of where that truck was. It was too late. There was nothing I could do, and I got the ticket. I guess I should have stopped. Listen, if we don't obey the laws, we're going to have consequences. And you know what? If we're not obedient to God's commands, there are consequences. And the consequences turn out to be, well, we don't walk worthy of the Lord. One last thing, we'll close this morning. We have to, we have to increase our knowledge. We have to bear fruit in every good work. But to do that, we have to rely on God's strength. Colossians 1.11 Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. We don't get the power and the ability. If we depend on our own power and ability, we are not going to go very far. But if we depend on the strength of the Lord, on his power, Dennis is teaching doctrine. I don't know if he's got here yet some of the attributes of God, but God is all-powerful. He has all power, and he will give us that power. We have got to rely on God's strength, on his glorious power, on understanding his will and his patience as he uses us to make a difference in this world. As we walk with him in the light, part of his kingdom, we must depend on his strength. Philippians tells us this, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. We can walk worthy of the Lord by depending on his strength by increasing our knowledge, and by bearing fruit in every good work. This morning, let's set it in our heart that we will walk with the Lord and walk worthy of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, as we come to you this morning, we are thankful for your word. We are thankful that, well, you have purchased us, you have redeemed us, taken us out of the bondage, set us in heavenly places. Lord, that through the, the blood of Jesus Christ, we are free, taken out of darkness, given light. Father, may we walk worthy of you. May we learn of you. May we bear fruit. Lord, not just the fruit of souls, Lord, the fruit of the Spirit, which will draw men Father, may we lift you up and glorify you in all that we do. I pray, Father, if there's one here this morning that doesn't know you as Savior, that they won't leave here that way. And Lord, for us who do know you, Lord, there's times we get tired. 
Maybe we try to do too much in our own strength. Lord, will you renew our strength and help us to mount up with wings as eagles. Help us to, to run and not be weary and to walk and not faint. Lord, we think of Mike right now at the hospital. I pray, Father, you'll just touch him and raise him up. Lord, have your way with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and have that time of invitation. You can make a decision right where you're at. Sometimes it helps. Thank you.